Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope you all had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. We have a whole lot to talk about on this week's episode. Yes, NFL Week 1, the ups, the downs, the smiles, the frowns. We'll get into that. And yes, I have new Milk Carton All-Stars to present this week, along with... Your boy, Conor McGregor, MGK. What's going on with these two clowns? Is it really worth even talking about? We'll get into that and so much more here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. Now, make sure you follow me on social media, on Twitter at NickHamilton213, and on Instagram at NickHamiltonLA and at Nightcast Media. All right, y'all. NFL, week one. Now, before I get into that really quickly, first of all, it's good to be back. I know it's been I've been gone for a, cu- a couple of weeks, had to take some time off to recharge the batteries, had to get get away for a minute. But you know what? It was cool to get away. I'm re-energized. I'm rejuvenated. Damn, I feel like I just drank me a couple bottles of body armor. I'm ready to go. And you know what's interesting? And, and, and in life, we are such a controlling society. Right. We want to control everything. We control how we drive. We control where we go. That's why we have such a problem when things are out of our control. And I say that to say when you look at people or things and the old saying goes, we always don't ever look at a person for what you believe they should be. Look at them for who they are. And in times before on this particular program, I've said the three best teams in the NFC are the Tampa Bay Bucks, the L.A. Rams, and the Green Bay Packers. And, the, and you know what? Two out of three ain't bad. But damn it, that's 66%. That's a D. That's about a D average. And I ain't no damn D average. The Green Bay Packers, who, are, who have nothing but turmoil the entire offseason, didn't know if their quarterback was going to return. Didn't know if Aaron Rodgers was coming, going in between the key card work. He wanted to turn in his key card. We didn't know what the hell was going on. We damn sure know what the hell's going on on the field after week one. Because you faced a team with the New Orleans Saints who still has not figured out who the hell their quarterback is truly going to be. Is it going to be Jameis Winston? Is it going to be Taysom Hill? They continue to run that duo as if they are in the SEC. And you mean to tell me that you couldn't beat the New Orleans Saints, who have a brand new quarterback. Drew Brees is on NBC now. He's so far removed from the New Orleans Saints, it's not even funny. That man ain't even in the building. He's on NBC getting another check. And you have a brand new quarterback. And I'm not taking anything away from Jameis Winston. Not at all, because I think Jameis has grown significantly when he took the year off to learn under Drew Brees. I thought that was the most 
intelligent decision that he's made in his football career. You can see the the maturity in him, not just on the field, but even post-game, the way he answers questions, the way he looks at things, the way he's communicating with his players on the sidelines. That's a different Jameis Winston that we were we were not accustomed to seeing. We always had hoped we'd see that, but we hadn't seen seen it come to fruition. So props to Jameis Winston. So this is not a knock against the New Orleans Saints when it comes to Jameis Winston. This is a knock towards Aaron Rodgers, who was who was last year's league MVP. And you mean to tell me you could only put up three points with that offense? And this is this is supposed to be a team that's one of the best in the in the NFC. And you mean to tell me you are going to sit there and put up three points? You couldn't even score a damn touchdown. Hell, the Jacksonville Jaguars put up two touchdowns even though Trevor Lawrence was picked off three times. And he's a freaking rookie. You are a certified vet, sir. And you mean to tell me you couldn't even have the the gall, the cojones, to rally the troops to get a freaking touchdown? Is that what you're trying to convince me? And this is supposed to be one of the top three teams in the NFC. We saw what the Tampa Bay Bucks did. Eh, that was a tricky game. Anytime ring night happens, we all know teams tend to make it harder on themselves than they have to because it's ring night. Everybody's hyped. Everybody's doing what they got to do. And even though they didn't blow out the Dallas Cowboys by a large margin, a win is still a win because to the greats, all they care about is a win. Patrick Mahomes against the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. A win is still a win. Don't care how you get the win as long as you get it. Apparently, that fell short for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But let's not look at just the offense. Let's look at the defense of the Green Bay Packers. Or should I say the lack of defense. The defensive coordinator is not going to last long in Green Bay. He may last the season and that's it. They're going to get his ass up out of there. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because that defense is not going to get any better. And if you listen to Aaron Rodgers' postgame on Sunday, oh, it's just one game. Really, really, Aaron? Is it really just one game? Or did you guys finally get exposed to who you really are? See, again, not what we think you should be, but who you truly are. I believe this is who the Green Bay Packers truly are, and it's only going to get progressively worse. Now, do I think Aaron Rodgers is going to not score any touchdowns or throw for any touchdowns this year? No, absolutely not. He's too good not to do that. Are they going to struggle and look like butt crack as we saw in week one? Yep. Yep. But I tell you one team that won't look like that. And that is the Los Angeles Rams. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, being back at SoFi Stadium with fans for a regular season game, mind you, this is the first time fans were able to attend a regular season game since the pandemic. And being me being there, oh, my God. It, the atmosphere was absolutely electric. It felt like a playoff game, even though it was against the sorry Bears. But it still felt like a playoff game. It felt the intensity, the fans coming in, there was no fights that I saw, unlike we saw in the preseason. But there were no fights. And let me tell you something. I was nervous. The one thing I was nervous about, not what happened on the field, not about Matthew Stafford, not about the defense, not about the special teams. I was nervous about the damn traffic. 
So you know what time I arrived, ladies and gentlemen? I arrived three hours early. You know how far I live from the stadium? Not that far. I don't. Let's put it this way. I don't have to take a freeway to get to the stadium. And I got there three hours early because I didn't want to suffer and sit in traffic for an hour and hear all the horror stories like I heard from some of my other colleagues who got there later, how it took them 45 minutes to an hour just to get into the parking lot to park and then walk over. I didn't want to experience that. What the hell for? I was suited and booted. I was cleaning and chilling on Juneteenth. Why in the world would I want to put my suit through that kind of trauma? Are you kidding me? Anyway, never mind me. We'll get on to Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford looked absolutely incredible. We all know about his strong arm. We know we had. I, I did have my doubts in, in the very, very beginning when they announced that he was being tra- that, that they were trading golf for Matthew Stafford because I had to figure out how he was going to work within this type of offense. And Sean McVay and the coaching staff were able to figure that out. And we saw from the time that Matthew Stafford had arrived, being at voluntary camp, all through OT, do mini camp, OTAs, training camp. Uh, we didn't see him, obviously, in the preseason. But in the regular season, let me tell you something. This dude looked like he'd been there for two or three years. And this is a dude that, that made sure everybody ate. He was on that paid in full vibe. You, me- you remember when, when A Boogie, from my, for those of you that have watched Paid in Full, everybody eats, B. That's what Matthew Stafford was on. Everybody eats, B. And here's what he had to say after the game, that 34-14 to 14 monstrous victory over the Chicago Bears. You know, just a play action on the first one to Van. Um, he did a great job of uh, you know, getting behind the defense. Our guys up front did a great job on that one. I had all day and uh, was able to uh, shoot that one down the field to him. He did a great job getting up and scoring, which is always fun. And then um, the second one to Cooper. Um, that was a great call by Sean. Um, perfect coverage for the play. Um, our guys up front again gave me a bunch of time. It takes time for you know guys to get down the field. Um, Cooper did a great job again, um, just getting behind the defense, and I was able to you know get out there to a decent spot for him. How did you feel like the chemistry went tonight? Were you able to spread out the ball and, and make sure everybody ate pretty much on the Yeah, field? I mean that's you know I think that's when we're going to be at our best. You know when everybody gets involved in the game. Um, I'm not sure how many different guys had catches, but it felt like a bunch. And um, you know those guys. Our talented playmakers all do it a different way, um, so I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure those guys, you know, are able to uh, kind of show their abilities and then go out there and play. Everybody eats, B, and he made sure of that. Now the offense did kind of have to kind of stall out a couple of times in the drives in the red zone because they, had, I think, the next touchdown they did score was in the third quarter. They hadn't scored a touchdown since the first quarter around I think the 10-18 mark, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, Sean McVay said that there's some things he's going to have to clean up. The defense, I mean, they came out lights out. I mean, Jalen Ramsey was all over the place. They were rotating him. Um, even Aaron Donald got a sack. Aaron Donald got the first sack of the season in the fourth quarter on the quote-unquote red rifle, who I call the water pistol, known as Andy Dalton. Because Andy Dalton looked atrocious. Congratulations to Justin Fields, who scored his first regular season NFL touchdown. Congratulations to him. I think he has a very bright future ahead of him. But I feel sorry for Justin Fields because you know why? He's not no damn help. David Montgomery, I like him as a running back. Marquise, I like him as a wide receiver. That's about it. I don't really trust this defense. Khalil Mack has been average at best. I haven't seen a whole lot out of Khalil Mack. 
he ain't been he ain't been the same since Snoop kicked down the buildings when he was with the with the then the Oakland Raiders. We ain't seen we ain't we haven't made much noise about Khalil Mack because he hasn't done anything to make much noise about. So guess what? That's what you're gonna get. Speaking of the other LA team, the Chargers, who went to the nation's capital on Sunday to face the Washington football team, and let me tell you something: that front seven is real deal. Say what you want about the offense, but the defense with Chase Young, that front seven, that's the real deal. And the interesting part about this is that Justin Herbert looked absolutely incredible. He looked like he hadn't missed a step. He came right off his rookie campaign and then stepped right in like nothing else happened. I mean, obviously he didn't play in the preseason either, but watching him continue to develop with with minicamp, OTAs, and in training camp, the one thing I think that, that really helped Justin Herbert this year is the fact that he was able to participate in a full training camp, OTAs, minicamp, things of that nature that really continue to help him progress as a quarterback. And having Joe Lombardi, I think, also helped him uh, on the offensive side. We saw what, he, what Pep Hamilton kind of guided him to in, the, in his rookie year, which is why he was so successful to begin with. Shout out to Pep Hamilton. I'm never going to not shout him out because I think he was – essential in the beginning of Justin Herbert's great career that he has ahead of him. But when you look at what Joe Lombardi was able to impart into him and be able to line things up, I mean, the plays with Keenan Allen, my guy, when it was third and 16, I believe in the third or in the second half, I should say, I don't know which, I forgot which quarter, but in the second half, when it was third and 16 and he he launched it right to Keenan Allen, who got 17 yards and, and kept the chains moving with the first down. I mean, when you see, on that opening drive in the first quarter, that 75-yard opening drive, I mean, it looked like he didn't miss a step. He he didn't miss a pass in that opening drive, and it was capped off by a five-yard uh, rushing TD by Austin Eckler. They struggled in the second and third quarter, got it back. Um, the, the defense, the Chargers' defense was insane. Uchenna Nuwasu knocked out old man Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, I thought, Ryan, isn't Ryan Fitzpatrick like 60 years old? The dude, I mean, and I don't make fun of injury, but he has a serious hip injury, which more than likely he's supposed to get. He's supposed to get an MRI, I think, today, or he was supposed to get one yesterday or today. I'm not sure, but it doesn't look good for 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 the mighty Fitzpatrick. And if he has a serious hip injury, uh, it's going to be a long season in Washington for that football team. It's going to be a very long season. But the defense, again. Ron Rivera is a defensive specialist, so I don't have any questions about the defense. But in the NFC least, you don't have to win that many games. You can get by on, on, eight, game, on, on eight games. You can be eight and nine in the NFC least and actually get <clears throat> into the playoffs and actually have the audacity to host a playoff game. But with the Chargers, I think the Chargers have a great opportunity to get themselves into the playoffs more than likely a wild card. And somebody asked me earlier, what do I consider a successful season for the Los Angeles Chargers? I think if you get into the wild card, win that actual wild card game, anything beyond that is house money. And that's that's a successful season. Here's what Brandon Staley had to say when it came to their reasons for winning against the Washington football team 20-16. to 
I just felt like we were a fourth quarter team. You know, our, our big goal during training camp was to become a team of teams um, where it's not a collection of pieces. You know, we so often I think people talk about what pieces you have and you have all this talent and you have all these players and, you know, when are they going to talk about you as a team? And, and, and so that was our big mission statement during camp is to become a team. And that's the way we won this game today. We won this game as a team in all three phases of the game. It was a fourth quarter game, which is where when you play the best teams that you're going to play, and I think that that's one of them, um, it's going to be a fourth quarter game. And, um, you know, I felt like that was, the, that was the exciting part for us was to get out of here with a, with a win. Um, and now we have to go back and watch this tape on the way home because there's, there's much that we have to fix. Yeah, there are some things he has to fix. Obviously, it's only week one, but to me, the the, the identity of this team is going to be their defense, whether it's Dur- the health of Derwin James, Joey Bosa, as I said, Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray, Nazir Adderley. Those guys are going to definitely have to step up and continue to keep the, keep the mood going. And uh, they got a tough task in week two against the Dallas Cowboys in the Chargers home opener at SoFi on Sunday. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Coming up on the other side of the break, what the hell is going on with USC and Clay Helton? Should he stay? Should he go? I'll get into that because I was actually at the game on Saturday night against Stanford, and dear God, I was subjected to watching that thing that you call football. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you oh, give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, 
all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2249, iHeart Latino. All right, everybody, welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Now, news came down on Monday that USC has fired Clay Helton, longtime head coach Clay Helton, was fired. AD Mike Bone uh, addressed the team along with Clay Helton that morning to notify the team of their decision before they went public. Listen, I was at the game on Saturday night. I've been covering USC football for approximately seven seasons now, going on eight. That was probably the worst loss I've ever seen. I've never been a fan of Clay Helton's coaching. I've always said I like Clay Helton as a person. I think he cares more about the kids than any other coach that that coaches players in college football. Uh, I do believe that he wants the best for his players. And he's a nice guy. I think he's, you know, he seems like a good parent. That doesn't translate into wins, which does not translate into job security at USC when you're not even competing for Pac-12 titles, let alone national championships. The debacle I saw on Saturday was that I saw a man that was outcoached by David Shaw. I saw a repetitive air raid type of offense that even Stevie Wonder saw coming if he was a defensive coordinator. That's how bad and predictable it is. Graham Harrell is horrible. Clay Helton is a bad coach. Just that simple. When I watched what I watched at Stanford, when I watched USC fans leaving near the beginning of the, well, mid to, yeah, yeah, but I'll say beginning to mid third quarter, and they were leaving out in droves as if they were giving out free Chick-fil-A right behind the Coliseum. That's when I knew it was a bad sign. In addition to seeing tweets by some of the most famous and biggest USC supporters who were part of the athletics department in Keyshawn Johnson, who's, who's on ESPN, 
and Matt Leiner, who's an analyst on the on the co- uh, Fox College Football Show, and they're tweeting out, "I can no longer." Basically, I don't know how long, how long, how much longer I can fight on. That's what they're saying. These, are the, and I'm sure there were other alum, other you know, famous alum that were that were chiming in as well. But those are the two that caught my eye. Listen, you can't get a better recruit or a bigger recruit than Keyshawn Johnson and Matt Liner and guys like Reggie Bush and so many others that have gone through the university over the course of years. And when they stop believing in the program, you have a dental floss worth of, worth of chance to keep your job on the sidelines. Because say what you want. The money comes from the athletic program. The boosters, the the the, the donors, that money gets drummed up from the athletic pro- athletic department, mainly the football and the basketball programs. And this is why I said, okay, Dante, uh, let me get the gentleman's name right before I go any further, because I don't want to disrespect Dante Williams, who's also who's already on the staff. He's going to serve as the interim head coach for the remaining of the season. Now, Friday, USC faces Wazoo on the road, which is Washington State. So that should be an interesting contest, especially this should be a very interesting week of practice. And and I think, you know, as I walked on Saturday night, I saw the frustration on some of the players' faces that I hadn't seen in a long time. And USC has a lot, has some talented players. I mean, you look at Keaton Slovis, you look at Drake London, you look at Drake Jackson, you look at Malapai. Chris uh, Steele, there's a host of others. And they may, they all may not be five-star talent like we see from the Alabamas or the Ohio States or the Oregons or, or Clemsons or Georgias of the world, but it's still talent. And you got to know what to do with talent. You have to know how to manage talent and coach talent and know where they're supposed to be. And this is something that needs to continue to move forward. And USC, even as great as Pac-12 championships are, and the USC holds, I'm sure, holds Pac-12 championships in, in respectable regard, but they are a school that should be competing for national championships. And USC fired Clay Helton a year too late. There's no reason why Clay Helton should be coaching. We shouldn't even be having this conversation Right now in 2021, in September of 2021, we should not even be having this conversation about Clay Helton having a job patrolling the sidelines at USC. They had an opportunity to make change. They allowed it to walk and fly to Jacksonville. And I know USC has not been the same since the modern day death penalty known as the sanctions hit that university. To me, they should have never got that stiff of a penalty. I'm sorry. They should have never got that. That's just my opinion. Um, they, They didn't deserve that. But unfortunately, they got it. They had to get through it, and they got through it. Now it's time for you to step up, get bold again, and start hiring a coach that can flat out recruit players from across the country and make USC more attractive than it has been in the last several years. You're going to need a big name. You're definitely going to need a big name. Because during the Pete Carroll era, and I said this on Instagram during the Pete Carroll era, USC he turned the USC players into rock stars. This is a time in the 2000s in Los Angeles where we didn't have NFL football, 
both NFL teams, you know, shook the spot. So we didn't have NFL football, and USC was our NFL team. The running joke around Los Angeles, for those of us that are living in Los Angeles, Los Angeles or rather at that time, and grew up in Los Angeles, the running joke was, US, we do have an NFL team. They just play on Saturdays, and our NFL team is the, are the USC Trojans. And these guys were rock stars. Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, uh, Lindell White, Dwayne Jarrett, the defense, you know, Pete Carroll. You couldn't pick a Saturday and not find at least some top-notch star on the sidelines with a pass. Former alum would come. Like, it was an electric atmosphere. I mean, USC at that time participated in one of the most historic games in college football, and that was the national championship against, against Vince Young and the Texas Longhorns. That was an epic game in itself, but USC was a part of history. That was that squad. Pete Carroll set the bar so high. I don't think there's a name that could come in unless there's a big name that can really put that turn that turn the program back into prominence. I don't. I think if you don't get a James Franklin or an Urban Meyer, I know Urban Meyer's in the NFL. Stranger things have happened. It's not like we haven't seen college coaches go to the NFL and realize, you know what, this ain't the league for me. Let me go back to the college ranks and go back and win multiple championships, national championships. Hmm. Never saw that happen. Oh, that's right. There's a man named Nick Saban that did that. Hmm. So anything's possible. Anyway, USC needs a big name. If you're trying to recruit kids, there's a few things that kids want to know these days. Can I play on TV every week? Can you get me to the NFL and the workout facilities? Well, USC has probably one of the best workout facilities in the country, period. You need a coach that can draw and attract players to USC, not just in Southern California, but across the country. Because if I have Nick Saban or Jim Harbaugh or Mario Cristobal or Dabo Sweeney or Kirby Smart sitting in my living room and you got Coach XYZ who I've never heard of, where do you think I'm going to go? I'm going to go with the name I know, more than likely. Unless my position is stacked up there and I'm not going to play until my junior year and I'm a four or five-star recruit, then, yeah, I'm going to go elsewhere. But other than that, I'm going to go where the name goes because college football is about the name. It's about head coaches. It's about the players, too, but it's mainly about the head coaches. If you don't believe me, go look around. Go look around. And tell me you don't follow you you don't remember college football. You don't follow college football because of certain head coaches that were there. Tell me why Florida State got put on a map because of Bobby Bowden. Joe Paterno put Penn State on the map. There were there were there were some great players that came from Penn State. There were some great players that came out of Florida State. Great ones. But you watched Florida State football because you knew Bobby Bowden was coaching. You knew he was going to bring out the best players. And then you got to know who the players were. John McKay at USC back in the day. Pete Carroll. You didn't know who Reggie Bush was. You know who Matt Leinart was. You got to know them over the course of time. That's all I'm saying. USC needs a big name. 
And they got to get a big name coach to turn this thing around. And Mike Bone, I like Mike Bone as an AD. I think Mike Bone is, is a really sharp guy. But Carol Fuller's got to get on the same page as Mike Bone. And they got to realize, and Carol Fuller's got to realize, look, the athletic department needs work and it needs help. And y'all got to get on the same page and hire somebody that's, that's a big name. I know there were some issues with Urban Meyer. But, hey, if you got five or six years of Urban Meyer, guess what? At least you get back into the national championship contender if you don't win a national championship outright. And it puts your university back on the map. And gives it relevance again as far as nationally. Not saying it's not relevant now, but I'm saying nationally. Where you can, you can speak proudly and boldly and you put yourself in the conversations with the schools that I just named previously. And say, so, oh no, they have a legitimate shot. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, this season is pretty much going to be going to play out the way it's going to play out. Um, hopefully they can get back to the Pac-12. They can win the Pac-12 South. And uh, more than likely they'll probably face Oregon in the Pac-12 championship in Vegas in December and go from there. But, you know, USC is a university, man, that has a lot of pride. They don't They compete for national championships. They believe in being in the top five every year, even though they haven't seen the top five and Lord knows how long. But that's where their mentality is. At least that's what the, the traditionally is where it's been. And I think it needs to get back there. You know, um, and I'm glad the fans spoke out. I'm glad the alumni spoke out. Now you got to figure out what the next move is. And if you don't make your next move your best move, you'll be back five steps back than where you were right now. So there's a lot of, lot of time, a lot of, lot of thought process. Maybe you need to go to the NFL ranks. If, if, after Black Monday and see who's available there that can possibly, you know, recruit you, get you some recruitment, uh, a name that people can trust, a name that people can rely upon and be able to build up your university and build up your program and get your program back on track. Maybe that if Baltimore doesn't work out and they decide to part ways with, with John Harbaugh, maybe John Harbaugh is a choice. Maybe, you know, uh, Jack Del Rio is a choice. Uh, I don't know, but they got to get a big name nonetheless. And just think, if they could get a big name, be prepared for this program to be turned around rather quickly. So alumni, fans, <laughs> former players, you better start putting names in the hat and start putting the pressure on those who are in charge and making the decisions because that's the only thing that's going to change. As they say, money talks. And the rest walks. And the money left in droves in that third, in the top part of that third quarter on Saturday night. Along with the student section. Who probably became hoarse when they were booing so much. So stay tuned. We'll keep on top of this story. See what happens moving forward uh, with the USC Trojans and their football program. And once again, Clay Helton was, has been fired from USC and uh, interim coach has been named and will continue to move the team forward. Dante Williams. All right, y'all coming up on the other side of the break. We'll get into the morning brunch as well as I'll get into my milk carton all stars and your man, Colin Kaepernick has a new documentary out. Is it worth watching? Is it worth checking out? We'll get into that and more on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Please stay tuned. 
This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino.
final segment of the show here on TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you su- subscribe and download all content related to sports, entertainment, pop culture at youtube.com slash NH Experience TV. That's youtube.com slash NH Experience TV. Well, you know what? You know what time it is. I got to bring my guy on, engineer extraordinaire, producer to the stars, Jake Warner, his government name, better known <laughs> as Big Brother Jake. What's happening, man? What's good with it, man? It's good to see you in studio. Good to have you in studio. Sounding amazing, my man. Oh, thank you, man. Good to be back, man. Sometimes you got to take a couple weeks off just to get it right. Oh, get it tight. I feel you, even on the Big Brother Jake podcast. Uh, we've been taking time off there, too. It looks like we both needed that time, man, because you and I have been grinding. You know, you're doing your thing, doing my thing, and, and, and you need that break, bro. But it, it looks like, sounds like you, you're refreshed, you look good, you know, look a little rested. Feeling good, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling good, Billy Ray. Yes, sir. Love that movie, man. But yeah, it's good to have you back. Good to be back with you, bro. Hey, man, good to be back, man. Good to, good to be seen, brother. You know, you, you know, you know, my appetite has not gone anywhere. So, uh, I mean, like me, I'm sure you ready to eat. Oh, I'm ready to eat. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, over the weekend, Conor McGregor and artist Machine Gun Kelly, better known as MGK, elevated their beef at the MTV VMA Awards. Was that the right time and place to square up? You know what? Hey, man, when you got beef, this is actually a funny beef because you got a dude that's a <laughs> UFC fighter against right? a dude that acts <laughs> like he comes from the streets. And again, I, I've never met MGK. I don't know what that dude's background is. I'm not saying he can't fight. I'm not saying he can't fight. I have no idea. I'm sure every man can defend <laughs> themselves when, when their back is against the wall. I don't underestimate anybody. But, nah. And what's funny is it wasn't that much made about it. Right. Now, if that had been two black artists... Oh. oh my God! That hit every front page, including TMZ. <laughs> That's the thing that gets me. It's like, really, yeah. these two dudes are disrupt, are disruptive rather, and y'all just—it's a—it's a—it's a a, a, a a blip on the radar, right? <laughs> and to me, I'm not unless I'm unless I'm strapped. Like I'm not taking on no UFC fighters. No, no, unless no. I absolutely have to, right? <laughs> like this is a different mentality with UFC fighters. Yeah. And MMA fighters. Like it's just a different mentality. Like I'm just not going to go I'm not going to go up to Floyd Mayweather and try to pick something with him. Like are you crazy? This is yeah. Floyd Mayweather. Are you kidding me? Like I'm just not a, a professional boxer? Yeah, that he, can literally can punch your face in. You remember that episode of Martin when he when he fought <laughs> when he fought Tommy Hitman? Hurt yes, and how his face swell up. <laughs> I don't want that. No. I don't, don't want to be. I don't want to be on that Martin screen. But see, I, I think MGK, you know, is putting up a front, like you know, I'll, I'll, he trying to fight back because you know that pride is on the line there, bro. You know, he didn't want to look like a fool. I'll be damned. I don't care what I look like in front of anybody. If some damn MMA fighter want to square up on me, I'm backing up. I'm not saying I'm be like, leave me alone, but I, I I'm not going to go out like that because I know I'm gonna get lumped up and beat down. Unless you got that thing on you. Well, I'll, you know. if you got that thing on you, then you know, hey, I mean, all right, partner. <laughs> I would, if I was you, I'd back away right now because I'm I'm gonna warm you up. So you better you better back up. <laughs> I, I am a strong believer in the Second Amendment. Hey, well, <laughs> hey, brother, you do you. I make sure we we handle those things at the house. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. 
uh, after week one. And, and, you know, it's great to have the NFL back. I literally just chilled on my couch all day and watched, like, uh, like eight hours of football. It was amazing to do. Yes. And there's a lot of great football yesterday, as you recapped in the first segment. After week one, who are your NFL Super Bowl predictions and picks? Ooh. After week one. That's a good one. You know what? I said be- beforehand on another uh, show, I, I picked the Rams against the Chiefs. Right. A lot of people are picking Tampa Bay and the Chiefs or whoever. I think the Rams, especially what I saw yesterday, now obviously it's still going to be a, it's a, it's 16 more games to go. Things are going to happen mm-hmm. on both sides. But I think the Rams have the best chance with Matthew Stafford. I really do. Um, I think they would have an even stronger chance if they had a healthy Cam Akers in the in in the running game. Mm-hmm. But looking at what Daryl Henderson has been doing, and now you got Sonny Michelle who actually got some time on Sunday as well for a second. Yeah. Um, I like the the beefed up O line for Kansas City. They still haven't fixed their defensive woes apparently, and they pretty much don't care about that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Kansas City and, and the Rams, but I will say this much, man: y'all better start putting some respect on my man Jalen Hurts' name because Jalen Hurts Seriously. went off on Sunday for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, he did. And that kid is determined. His work ethic is is incredible. And Devontae Smith, congratulations on having a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, it, it was nice to see Jalen Hurts, you know, doing this thing out on the football field and. Man, but I think the biggest disappointment, like you were saying, was Green Bay. Like, all that stuff with Aaron Rodgers. You know, he should just go ahead and get that that chair warmed up over at uh, Sony Studios so he can take that that gig over for Jeopardy because his career's in Jeopardy right now, man. Looking at him, he did not look all that crying and whining, and, and, and they played like crap. He played like crap. You know, he'll bounce back, but it's not. they're not a contender, man. They're a pretender, and... You know, that was disappointing. But to see my Chargers, you know, play real well, the Rams were killing it out there, you know, it's just nice to see some good football yesterday. Yeah, it was good, man. It was good. Check this out. And thank you so much for that. That was the, yes, sir. the moment's brunch for this week. Check this out. So Colin Kaepernick, we all know about Colin Kaepernick and his plight for, for justice and what he pretty much sacrificed by taking a knee. Um, and what he got, the backlash that he received from not only the NFL but other people that were against him and, and, and against his message. Now he's having a, I believe it's a documentary film on Netflix that drops October 29th and is executive produced by Colin Kaepernick and Ava DuVernay. If you don't remember Ava DuVernay, she's, she's done such things as the 13th Amendment, I mean, uh, what is it? Yeah, the 13th Amendment and um, the the film about the Central Park Five, the injustices that they, that they su- they suffered through, um, and countless other films that she's been a part of, and continues to do great work. I have such a tremendous amount of respect for Ava DuVernay. Um, so when I saw that, I was like, okay, and it's called Colin in Black and White. Now I believe it's about his upbringing, how he was raised, I believe, by a white family. But he was, you know, still rooted in his his black heritage. And then as he got older, obviously going to the NFL, playing for Nevada, and then going to the NFL, getting his team within uh, a light switch away from winning a Super Bowl. And, you know, then going on his plight, uh, being more consciously aware about social injustice and things of that nature, going to San Jose State and teaming up with a professor there. And it's interesting because we had been hearing about this, but we didn't know when it was actually going to drop. 
How interested are you to watch this documentary, man? Because I, I, I actually want to watch it because I'm curious to see what they bring out, what points they're going to bring out about him. And then also, why now? And why are you doing this documentary? That That's the thing I'm, I'm curious about. Like, I don't know. You know, but you tell me, I mean, do you want you? Are you interested in watching this documentary? Big Brother Jake. I, you know, to be honest, I don't know if I am. I, like, we, all we've heard about is Kaepernick. We know what he's about. We know his plight. We know everything about the man. I'm kind of Kaepernicked out. I'm not even going to lie about it. You know, I, I, I get his cause. It's all good. But I don't. I, I, what more can I learn from him that I don't know already? Do you think he should have done it maybe two or three years ago? Absolutely. He, yeah, you got to do that. Mm-hmm. With, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Right now, nobody's talking about him. Nobody's checking for him. You know, it's it's a great, great you know gesture, I guess. But I just I'm good. I'm but good on, if I don't see it. But on the flip side, it could be it, it, that could be the reason why they're dropping it now because nobody's talking about him and nobody's mentioned. To me, I, I had a couple of issues with Kaepernick. Right, like I definitely do. <laughs> my my issues were you didn't talk enough to the media, right? Right. About because we didn't know what the hell was going on. We had other spokesmen, like your your girlfriend talked for you, this other guy mm-hmm. talked for you, Eric Reed was speaking mm-hmm. on your behalf, and you only did maybe a couple of interviews, and you didn't do them with black owned media outlets. Right. That was my first issue, of course. Because how can you say now? I don't get. I don't care. You can do it with Newsweek, USA Today, you know, hit all the main outlets. Fine, no problem. I never have a problem with that. Right. But also. Hit up some black-owned media outlets and give them the story. How about you aid if you saw about the cause? <laughs> yeah, aid them, and then too, like I said, what are what are, what are you working on? What are you doing? How can people truly support you if we don't know what the hell is going on? Yeah, I didn't have a problem with him leaving Flowery Branch, Georgia, when they had the facility when he was supposed to be working out for the NFL scouts mm-hmm. because I thought that contract was was a shady. It seemed like a very shady contract. So if you're not in agreement with it, you walk away. Right, right, but then the pro- and I didn't have a problem with him moving across town because I knew some people that were there that had to drive an hour across town just to get to the place where he went the high school that he was trying to work out at. Mm-hmm. And then the problem I had was he didn't take any questions from the media. See, and, he just made a statement and then walked. And, and that's the thing that that upsets me about Kaepernick. You know, you know, and I love Kaepernick, man. I got love for him. Like I get the cause, I get everything that he's trying to do. But the thing is, he he, he likes to be like in mystery of what he's doing. And and the thing is, you can't be in mystery if you're an activist and you're trying to get the name your, your name out, your message out and all that other stuff. You can't shun the media. Okay? You need to use them as a tool. And if you're going to use them as a tool, like you said, you're a black-owned media company. Why not use someone like yourself or other outlets that are out there? And and and, and that will really get the message across. But if you're not using the tools, especially black-owned media tools, then what's your purpose, and how how do you expect us to help you get your word off? You don't even come to us. This is why the incredible genius of Muhammad Ali, yes, was that his brilliance because he was able to see things, and he used Howard Cosell to get his mess and other and other media tools as well. But Howard Cosell was his main way of getting out his message of what he was standing for mm-hmm. and why he was standing. And then, well, okay, here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we're going to do. Here's, you know, without giving out too much information, but just enough to keep the people on board to say, hey, we need the support X, Y, and Z. Because if you watch all those old films, obviously I wasn't born 
back then. But if you watch all those old films and then hear the interviews of people that were there, talk about how Ali was so brilliant and how he right. utilized. That's how the movement. That's how he was able to get the people behind him because he utilized the tools that were in front of him, which was the power of the media. Yeah, and, and Kaepernick has failed to do that, and that's why he has a lot of people that won't support him. You know, and, and the cause I get the cause he's he's trying to get out there, but he's he's lost people because he's an enigma. Like nobody knows a, a, about him. Like right now, what's he what's he what's he doing? Like I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. I don't know what he's up to. I don't know what he's doing. You know, I, I know he's going to Oakland and, and like help kids get lunches and, and, and work with. Which is know. great. I love all that, you know, because I was a homeless kid and I was always hungry. That's why I'm fat now. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I love to eat because I I'm scared to be I hungry. Would you eat 40 say, I, I didn't get this big overnight. Yeah. I had an appetite. That's right. You know, so other than that, what's his cause? You know, okay, the movie's coming out now, but it's not anything we don't know already. Well, that's I the, think. Yeah, no, you're right, and and that's the that's the interesting part about Colin Kaepernick is that the fact that Colin we know Colin Kaepernick is an intelligent guy, right? Yes. Like we know, and I think you know I said a couple of years ago like his his time in football is done. No, he's a terrible quarterback. I'm sorry, I never liked him as a quarterback. Well, I thought he, I, I want to disagree. I think he was a I think he was a really good quarterback. I think he had his best year in 2015 and not 2016 when he was more highly touted. Two years of good quarterbacking and what seven or eight that he played or whatever. But you got to understand this too. Look at the team that he was around. The team that he had the last three years was trash, and we know it because in those two, in the, in the two times that he played, he started, he got two wins, right? Right. We went two and fourteen. Those were the two wins that he played in, and he was actually magnificent <laughs> because it's not his fault. Because when Harbaugh left, that's when everything changed. Oh, of course, of course. When Harbaugh, when Harbaugh left and went back to college and went and went to end up going to Michigan. That's when that's when, oh, yeah. as they say, the ish started. That's the that's and the start of the downfall. If, if if Harbaugh was still there, he would have been a top notch quarterback because working with Jim Harbaugh, you saw the you saw you saw the maturation of his game. Yes, and especially when Alex Smith went down, and you had to put him in the fire, and he didn't flinch. Like one thing I can say about Kaepernick, no, he, he didn't flinch. He went right in there. That dude and did went in there and was like, yep. "Oh, for real? It's my time finally. All right, I'm gonna show y'all." Right, and he went right down there. You know, so like I said, I think Colin Kaepernick was a good quarterback. I think he could have been much better than what he was, mm-hmm. but he was limited not only by the team and the franchise, but by the lack of coaching that he received on the sidelines. And I think that's st- that stifled his growth uh, to a degree where he wasn't uh, a, a serviceable quarterback any longer. But on the flip side, like I said, I mean. I, I support Kaepernick in the fact of what he what he what he's doing around the country. Mm-hmm. When we find out what he's doing around the country, I just wish he was more vocal and what he was in, in letting the people know and really letting people in on who he is because there's a, there's a lot of people that don't know who he is. Right, absolutely. All right, let me get into my milk carton all stars of the week, and this is because you suck and you stunk up the joint. And you were nowhere to be found. Even though you may have been in uniform, you were nowhere to be found. So my Mill Carton All-Stars of the week, this is the first time this has happened on TMA with Nick Hamilton, mind you. We have Cole Milk Carton All-Star Award winners. From the Seattle Storm, the legend herself, Sue Bird. When the Seattle, the Seattle Storm faced the L.A. Sparks on Sunday night, they were defeated 81-53. to They got their ass kicked. That was not a defeat. That was an ass kicking. 
Sue Bird played 26 minutes, shot one for seven from the field, one for six from three, and only scored three points. The other recipient of this prestigious award goes to the Gold Mamba herself, Jewel Lloyd, who played 24 minutes, shot two for nine from the field, and was a donut in four from three-point land. She scored five points. And you got blown out by damn near 30. My Milk Carton All-Star Award we- Award winners for the week go to the legend Sue Bird and the Gold Mamba herself, Jewel Lloyd. Congratulations, ladies. Hopefully you can bounce back. I know you can because the greatness that you displayed beforehand surpasses you. But as for this week, congratulations. You played yourself. All right, y'all, that is TMA for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Make sure if you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download and subscribe to us on all streaming platforms, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all streaming platforms where you get podcasts for free 99. Also, make sure you download and subscribe to us at YouTube at YouTube.com slash NH Experience TV. Follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA and on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Thank you so much to everybody at Sirius XM and Slam Radio. And thank you to my executive producer, engineer extraordinaire, and producer, I should say, Big Brother Jake, better known as Jake Warner, and all of you for listening. Until next week, stay sharp, take care of yourselves, be safe. I am out. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.